0: Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. You are listening to Hawks Live,
1: presented by the Bellevue Collection. This show is every Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here on 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. And now we are joined by the number nine pick in all the land, Charles Cross. Give it up one time for Charles Cross. Charles man so the first thing I ask you I go oh, you, you live around here he goes yeah I walked over after Monday night you're gonna be able to walk over no man <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you're right. gonna you're gonna gonna make a name for yourself how excited are you to, to get out there and just play some ball man
2: I'm very excited first game of the season um I'm just ready to go out there and play.
0: Is it going to be weird? I mean, look, you guys had one preseason game here, and I, I don't know how much you guys have talked about it. And I, we had a Kobe Parkinson on earlier and said I didn't know, know if you know, but Russell Wilson's coming back into town. Um, it is going to be electric. Uh, you know, it might even be loud when you guys are on offense. They, they kind of prepared you for the noise even in your home stadium?
2: Yeah, I definitely feel like we prepared for that. Um, I'm just going to take it all in, be in the moment, and just take it play by play. Man, he played in the SEC.
0: Well, you was, know, they got 80,000, yeah.
2: 90,000 every game.
0: Well, remember, we had Paul Allen design the stadium, <laughs> so it, it reverberates the pretty good noise here.
1: <laughs> so what, what's your, um, what was training camp like for you? Because, you know, in, in college, you get after it in, in, in camp. You know what I mean? In the league, it's a bit different. Was it refreshing? Did you want to do more? What was the, the whole feeling in training camp?
2: Oh, uh, the training camp feel pretty good. Um, Just coming in every day, just trying to get better and better, improve my technique, um, just to find myself as a player.
1: Was there anybody that um, you kind of gravitated towards when you first got there? Were all the rookies like kind of together during rookie camp, and then once the vets came in, you kind of went your own ways, or how did that work?
2: I feel like we still pretty pretty close as a rookie group. Um, As the vets and stuff came in, just getting to know them and connect with them, um, learn from them, it was just a great experience overall.
0: You know, it's pretty well known the Seahawks were looking for an offensive tackle going into the draft. They just when a draft started, did, did you high expectation the Seahawks would be the one? Or do you think you're going to get picked up even a little bit higher?
2: Um, to be honest, I only talked to the Seahawks probably like two times throughout the whole draft process. But uh, I'm excited I'm here. I'm excited and blessed to be
0: here. So I want to share something with you all and, and, and share this, too you negotiated your own contract is that true as a rookie that's correct because look bobby wagner's done it richard sherman's done it uh we had russell coon as well but these guys were veterans share how that happened i mean who did anybody help you with the negotiation
2: yeah i did have some help by uh, my business manager saint omni um and lifeline management they've been a huge like contributor to me the me to contributed to me um, negotiate my own contract. Um, they helped me throughout the process, and we figured it out.
0: It w- was it uh, was it intimidating to you? I mean, obviously, you didn't do anything like that in college, but uh, I think you're, you're a business major, right, uh, in college as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure that was something you wanted to do, but was it intimidating trying to negotiate with, you know, I mean, I'm figuring you're talking with John Schneider and people?
2: It really wasn't too intimidating, um, so... The, it's our the, once you get drafted, it's already slotted. So, it'll just come down to to figuring out how I was gonna get the like the signing bonus and payments and stuff like that. Do you think
1: that's something that we're gonna see more of? Cause y'all, you guys are the new generation. You know what I'm saying? You guys are doing different things like negotiating your own contracts. Do you feel like as the years go by, we're gonna see more guys coming out of college doing that? I
2: definitely feel like they should.
1: I hope so. Well, what are the advantages you think of of negotiating your own your own
2: contract? Uh you get to learn in the process uh and you get to save money in the long run. Those were two of my biggest pros of why I did it. Right, say that 3%. <laughs> Ain't or, you getting that 3%. Yeah, I don't it's remember. Probably what, more now. I don't remember
0: what the number is. <laughs> well, they used to have a cap to it. D- does the NFLPA help you with that information also? Are they are they a, a partner at all when you go into those negotiations?
2: They did reach out uh, and try to help me uh, throughout the the negotiation process. But it was simple, so it was, really, it was really easy to do.
0: I think that is so impressive. I mean, again, business major, left hacker, you got to be smart anyways. But, you know, it just gets you immediately. You're involved in your finances, you know, in your investments, you know, and your own career. So, you know, again, well, well done. That's impressive.
1: What do you say? So coming out of Mississippi State, Mike Leach was your head coach, right? Correct. He was the head coach at my alma mater, WSU, trying to change the game for us. <laughs> and they love to throw the ball. So coming out, people are like, man, how is Charles going to do in the run game? I mean, obviously, Leach runs the ball too. But um, when you heard that kind of stuff, did you put a chip on your shoulder and say, I'm going to prove these dudes wrong or I'm just going to just
2: do me and I know I could do whatever this offense asked me to do? Uh, definitely just come in and do whatever the, the offense asked me to do. I'll just prove myself right. Like prove it to myself, I'm not proving to anybody else.
1: So what what was it like your first now it's a preseason game, but it's still an official game. You put on the jersey. What was that first snap like? You remember the play you guys ran your first snap? Um I think it was a run play. Run play, there we go. Run. Two you
2: are away from <laughs> they me. They don't run. I think <laughs> no, it was I think it was towards me. I'm not too sure. Okay. Felt good though. It felt good. There we go. It felt good. Yep.
0: I right, share a little bit about Mike Leach. I mean, we we know him from the Northwest, and mm-hmm. everybody liked him. But just when he got there, and what was that experience like?
2: It was definitely different. Um, coach Leach definitely a character. He's not an average coach. He's different. This like <laughs> the best way
0: I can describe him. He he doesn't he does his own thing. Does he talk? I mean, and then you got Pete Carroll, who's you know he's. He's gonna pump you up every second you can. What's just the little differences between those two?
2: I feel like I feel like Coach Kerr brings a lot of energy, uh, and that energy runs through like the whole team through the coach staff, and everybody feels it. And it just it's a great it's a great atmosphere to be around. Man. I-
0: It is pretty amazing. I I was just talking. Look, we're going to have two starting rookie tackles this week. I mean, there's probably really not a team in the NFL would do that, except for Pete, because he lets let you guys compete. Just share what he talks to you guys about, just preparing you both for this first game.
2: Oh, really? Just it's an effort thing, competing um, and finishing. Like just finishing, competing. Those like top three things.
1: Man, I love one of the things I miss about football is just being in a huddle with dudes, right? After you make a player, even after stuff ain't going right. When you're when when you've been in the huddle during this preseason, what, what's Geno like? Is he assertive? Is he laid back? He seems like a laid back type of dude. What's he like?
2: Geno, is a he's a very even keel type person. Uh, he doesn't let anything phase him.
1: And, uh, so now, and now you get to block for a rookie running back as well. You got Ken Walker. Once he gets healthy, um, he's going to be out there. You got Rashad Penny. It ha- what does it feel like knowing that? All right, man, we got zone right coming. I got some guys
2: behind me who, who can get me four five, six yards off the rip. I'm excited to see him. Um. Uh- I'm excited to do well, hit the holes, score a touchdown, celebrate with them. I'm excited for that. There we go.
0: What what has been the biggest change? I mean, coming from Leach's offense, where you you were usually in a two point stance, right? You guys were rarely with uh, in a three point stance with a hand down, right? Right. Where now you you will be a little bit more. What's the biggest change? Just you know where you came from, what you have to do uh, here in the NFL.
2: I'm just learning how to be uncomfortable. Be comfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and just taking it from there and continue to improve and improve
0: each day. Well, you are look, I, look pass protection. It makes you, you make it look really easy. I mean, you're a rookie and you you watch them. You, you're going to be unbelievably impressed. We we got a left tackle here for a long time. That's for sure. But tell me about the game. You had some you know uh, legal procedures. Just what was that about? And what, what did Pete tell you about correcting some of those things?
2: Oh, uh, they talking about I can't do that. Can't do that in a regular season game. Um, it's mistakes. Uh, you learn from, them and you not you try not to make them again.
1: Yep, all the learning process. Yeah. Uh, tell me about mom and dad, man. I mean, what are they like? How how proud are you are are they of you right now being up here living out your dream, man? I mean, you're you're living a dream that I feel like most dads in this mall right now uh, would, would want to do. How's the family, and how are they during this whole process?
2: Um, throughout the whole process, they was just so excited. They was just happy to see me achieve what I wanted to achieve, and. Um, they just they just showed me so much support throughout the whole way. Any brothers or sisters? I have an older brother and an older sister. Older brother? Oh, you're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby. That's what's up. Did,
1: <laughs> did your uh, your brother or
2: sister play any sports? My my brother did. He played juco football. All right. What about his sister and any sports? I don't think she played. Did, any did you play any other sports? So I played I played basketball, football. I did powerlifting, and I did the field. I did track and field, like the shot putting disc.
1: So your your Letterman got got patches everywhere. Is what you say? saying. Yeah, right? yeah. there we go.
0: <laughs> okay, every every NFL team we've been on, every guy thinks they can play basketball. This guy can play basketball. And he was a two time state champion back in Mississippi. Is that where we got Sweet Feet from?
2: Um, they actually came from Mississippi State. Uh, one of the trainers, Melissa, she used to call me Sweet Feet all the time. It just stuck with me.
0: How good a basketball player were you in high school? I read up some of your stats, but you were a small power forward. I'm imagining how tall are you? Six four?
2: I'm like six five.
0: Six five. I mean, that's kind of a shooting guard nowadays. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking the transition to play college basketball maybe that wasn't it. But how good were you in high school? Be and be be. You can be boastful here.
2: Well, I feel like I feel like I was a great player. I had I, I really didn't I really didn't like have too many assists or anything, but like almost every game I had like a double-double so like I was getting I was getting boogies so. okay what, what what can you shoot
0: because oh. I mean I know Tyler Lockett thinks he's probably the best shooter on the team right now right I'm alright
2: I'm alright it's not it's not one of my best strengths but I'm gonna score points like either way it goes. Like I'm to give you see my, that body. He's in the. no. Blade, I, look, blade,
0: I, look, I was just I was letting him dictate that. <laughs> All right. So we get a two on two matchup, uh, and it can only be with the guys on uh, the Seahawks. Who are you picking as your partner? Will Disney. really, Uncle Will? So you guys are just gonna you're gonna mow people down here. He's a real suitor though. Really, like, he's a real suitor. Okay.
1: Scrappy football players. I I love seeing football players on the basketball court, man. We we do it a bit different. Ain't no fouls neither. It's like twenty one. Is that what you guys called it out here? Twenty one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State, man. You guys got dudes in the league. Is there? Um, do
2: you guys have any of them reached out to you once you uh, you got drafted? Yeah, a lot of guys reached out to me. Um, just being there for me, or like if I had like any questions or like any concerns, like. What knowledge has he blessed you with? Uh, Walter Jones is a very intelligent person. Uh, not just not just football, but life in general. Um, too much, too much info. Yeah, I, I gotta start. I gotta start talking. <laughs> I gotta start talking to him. Yeah,
0: sure. he's uh, look. I mean, if, definitely top two. You know, I think all time uh, in the world. But uh, okay, you haven't had that much chance yet to see the sights, right? You guys have been in training camp. You're going to find out pretty soon the 12s are pretty fanatic. You're going to have a hard time walking around town because they're going to recognize you. But have you got a chance to do anything that you like doing away from football out here?
2: Um, so the only thing I really did was uh, just go out to eat, really. Try different food spots, try
0: different food. That's really it. Okay, so I know you're a seafood lover, but seafood's different here than in Mississippi. It's true. Have you found anything here you like? Um, so
2: I like clam chowder. They turned me on to clam chowder when I first got here. And ever since then, like, this like, my go-to. That clam chowder. Yeah, they're clam chowder. They got chowder. Dukes right
0: over here. and they make the, <laughs> I've been there before. They, it's, well, yes, you, you have. They make some great clam chowder.
1: Big up Dukes for the clam chowders. And big up Charles Cross for spending time with us. Clap it up one time for the number nine pick. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. All right, when we return, we'll talk about just the season. We'll give you a preview. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live.
0: Talks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. I'm Michael Bumpus, along
1: with Paul Moyer. This is Hawks Live. Every Thursday, we're going to be right here. So y'all make sure you come and join us, enjoy the fun. And you know what? You got to make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. Lots of great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pregame show meal at the Central Bar Restaurant. I had them steak tacos, Moyer. You know what they were? What? Fire. That, they- mean, that means good, Moyer. That means good. Well, <laughs> All right, Moyer? I-,
0: I know I'm old. When we were talking <laughs> earlier with Charles Cross, you guys were talking about... Madden and 2K, or is it, is it what it is? Yeah, 2K, it's 2K basketball. 2K. And I'm talking about Mario Kart with Nintendo and my kids. It's all good. There, there's an A. But, yeah, I want to thank uh, the Brazens for having us over there at uh, the Central Bar and Grill. And uh, what did I have? And
1: Paul had the had the Buddhist salad. It had great, great whiskey there. Yep. And they also have great cocktails like the Mi Corazon. My just, wife is Latin, so I, you know, saying, I know how to say, say that. that my little... is, Mi Corazon, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't would have, would have butchered that.
1: All right, man, let's get back to the Seahawks, though. All right, how are we going to measure success in 2022? All right, you, I don't think you can look at the wins and the losses. You're going to look at wins and losses. That's natural, right, especially on Monday. You want these guys to come out and get a W. Um, but to me, I'm looking at progress. Um, offensively, I'll talk about the offense, what I want to see from the offense. I want to see this offense look a bit more dynamic. Losing D Eskridge last year hurt this team more than I think people think. They think d Eskridge, man. He's been hurt all the time. What does he mean to this offense? To me, he means he's a jet sweep guy, a legit jet sweep guy, a guy who can stretch the field vertically. He's got some wiggle to the game. I look at all the receivers on this team and I don't see any receivers that move the way that D Chris does. So I'm looking to see him. I'm looking to see Penny Hart. We know what we're going to get out of um, DK Lockett. And if Rashad Penny stays healthy, we know what we're going to see there. I'm looking to see how Shane Waldron, builds week by week off of things that he puts on film. Because as you know, Moyer, off- offensively, you come in with a game plan one week, and you add a little bit the next week. You add a little bit the next week. If your team can handle it. So offensively, man, I want to see how this thing blossoms and how it grows.
0: Yeah, I don't – yeah, I, I want us to be competitive. Um, and the reason why I'm not putting wins on it, I just – we have so many young players going going in this. We have a new quarterback. Our offense is going to look different. Not that the play calls are going to be that much different. Um, I think last year we had to play, and you're right, I think we missed, look, to me we've missed Doug Baldwin on yeah. third downs. We have not been the same. Because that spot that and he he's kinda like Cooper Cup. I mean you really can't get him off the line. You can't jam him. He's gonna beat you off the line, he's gonna get separation, and that's an easy throw for a first down for five, six, seven, eight yards. Um, I, I think we're going to have more 2 tight end offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would have liked to have done more than that last year. But, you know, again, I think Russell was like, I, I want to push the ball more downfield. And there was times that we needed to go 3 tight end offense because we were usually in second-long or third-long from some sacks. So I don't know if the play calls are nefer- necessarily going to be di- or different. I think the way we execute them will be. I think you will see more checkdowns. If Gino's in trouble or if he feels heat, there's going to be options for him. And, he, look, the, the the good and the bad with Russell was the bad was he would take some sacks at times. The good was he could extend a play and hit DK Metcalf on a deep, you know, improvised play. So I'm excited to see what Shane's offense is going to do with a quarterback that can work a little bit more in the middle of the field. It, it won't be probably as exciting, but I think it'll be exciting if the chains are moving and yeah. we're actually scoring and, and keeping possession. We're going to, I believe we're going to be a really good football team running the ball. Um, I like our offensive line, but we're young. We got what three new people uh, on our offensive line. Will we be better? Um, I, I think we have more talent on the offensive line. We got massive talent on defense. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, right? Right. So success for me is, huge improvement on defense huge right i mean i want to be a top 15 defense that would be massive success and i want to be the the best running team in the nfl
1: let's do it Moyer. okay <laughs> let's do all of that okay defensively how do we measure success me i'm looking for a pass rusher to have double digit sacks when was the last time that happened was it frank clark um, Frank Clark, man. I know Carlos Dunlap had eight and a half we, sacks. We got a
0: producer over there could probably look that one. up. Yeah, um, I, I
1: want. I think it's Frank Clark. Last Seahawks have do, double-digit sacks, and I want someone other than Quandre Diggs to have three-plus picks. Last year it was uh DJ. Oh, the corner DJ Reed. DJ Reed had had two interceptions. Now he's with the New York Jets. Um, Quandre Diggs had five interceptions the past what four seasons um I, I need this this secondary to to produce some some turnovers
0: i I could pick a hundred ways it will be better on defense this yeah. year first of all it 's just purely and i i don 't like to put too much credit with coaches because you've got to have players to win right but you know again this wasn 't a knock on Ken Norton i mean he just he had a way of running his defense, but you know a pass defense was not his strength. And we've got some coaches now that I believe it is. We're going to be more aggressive. I mean, Coach Hurt talks about it all the time. I've never heard a coach say we're going to be less aggressive. But if we're going to be more aggressive in coverage. Yeah. Um, I think we'll have better pressure because we're going to have guys. Look, we got some guys who can come off the edge. You know, I mean, for sure, Daryl Taylor. He's probably going to be your double-digit guy, but I think you're going to see Jamal Adams have a bigger impact this year in the, in the pass rush because you're not going to know where he's coming from. There was a couple of plays in practice I watched when Jamal Adams was in the uh, – during practice when he came back, and they had motioned – I think it was either a tight end or a wide receiver, and the backers actually bumped out when they uh, motioned across the formation. Mm-hmm. And Jamal was sitting in the middle of the field.
1: Yes, I and saw
0: that. let me tell you what – Can he read a run game? He beat both the guard and the center who were trying to cut him off. They couldn't do it, and he made about a three-yard play in the backfield. And that's what he brings to the game. He brings that kind of explosiveness, and now mix in him coming off the edge or even up the middle in some pass rush situations, which we're going to be able to do with him because we got backers who could actually drop. So they're not going to know, or at least they're going to have less I guess they'll, they'll have less opportunities to know who's coming on a blitz. So I, we're going to be massively improved on defense.
1: All right, I'm with you when it comes to the changes on defense, using Jamal correctly or in a way that um, highlights his attributes, what he's best at. But now let's focus on these rookies, man, because this was one of the best drafts I've seen from the Seahawks in a long time. So my question, um, and I'll give you my answer as well, is, who will be the most impactful rookie this season? We got Charles Cross, Boya Mafei, Ken Walker, Abe Lucas, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Willen, Bo Melton, and derek Young. Me, personally, I'm going to go with Boye. I really think Boye will be the most impactful. Now, he'll be the most impactful that the average fan will be able to recognize, right? Because you can look at that offensive line, and the only time you're really point out offensive linemen is when they're doing something wrong, right? You never, it's hardly, I hardly watch a game with my boys or, or my text thread and someone says, you see that block by Charles Cross? Did you see this? No, they focus on the negative with that old line. So me, I'm going to go with Boye Mafe. I love the rawness in his game. He started playing football, I think like 10th grade or something like that. Um and there that's a gift and a curse, right? The the gift is or the curse is that you don't have experience, right? You haven't had thousands of snaps like a lot of these guys have had. The the gift is that you're gonna do exactly what you're told because that's all you know, right? You don't have you haven't been coached up by three or four different position coaches who have three or four different ways of doing things and that's how we shine at the senior bowl. Someone asks him, they go, you know, how are you able to come out here and and shine against the best guys in the country? He goes, I just did what I was told to do. You know, and he has the abilities to go out there and execute what guys are asking him to do. So I like Boye Maffe.
0: He is that it might be a steal in the draft. And he was electric even in preseason and practices. He's got, he's got that Dar- oh, I mean, him and Daryl Taylor at some point are going to be. They're they're on the field together, you know, going after the the, the passer. I, I don't know. Originally, I was going to go with Kenneth Walker. Um, he's hurt, so you know he's probably not going to have quite the opportunity. And I think the way DJ Dallas played uh, in preseason, it's going to be hard to get just enough carries between him and penny and everybody to make a huge impact cross you're gonna love him we are gonna love he's better than to me dwayne brown already in pass protection because dwayne took a little bit of a step back Mm -hmm. the last couple of years even though dwayne was still a very good player but charles pass protection he makes it look unbelievable easy. i just uh, you know how do you rate that impact you know tyreek woolen that could be interesting Because if you play him on the right side, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Browner when we first did that and said, hey, I just want you to play inside technique, force the guys to the sideline, make them try and throw the ball over you. They're going to have a, It's going to be almost impossible because of his speed and his length. I mean, you have to change the trajectory of a throw on a deep ball. When you have a guy who's six four with that kind of wingspan, you have to throw a dime that drops from the sky to get that in. Um, That is. People are going to shy away from that, so that'll be interesting. I'm going to go with—God, it's tough. I <laughs> it's think there's tough. so many of them out it's there. Tough. But I'm going to go with Charles Cross. I, okay. I just think he uh, he's better than I thought he was going to be, and I thought he was going to be pretty good. And uh, we just had him on the show. I mean, he's he's so endearing. You just kind of want to hug the guy. You know, <laughs> I want to put my arms around him and let him know he's going to be amazing because he's going to be amazing.
1: All right, we're going to need these rookies to perform to help the team out this year. Okay, when we return, it's time to talk that talk. This is when we pick out a couple of topics and we go head-to-head. Will Russell Wilson win an MVP with the Broncos? The Lance, Trey Lance experiment in San Fran, is that going to work? We'll touch on that and other things. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. All right. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710 Seattle Sports Station presented by the Bellevue Collection. Moyer is a... uh, Hey Bellevue I don't know, what are you, uh, it's, a, it's a native you're, you, you well, know,
0: we've been out here for it's what you do, 27 years
1: what you do here in Bellevue, kids so, went to
0: Bellevue high school, so this is
1: Talk That Talk this is what we do, man, this is where I'm gonna talk, put a topic out there Moyer's gonna tell me why it's true or why it's not true or how he feels about it, and I'm gonna tell you how I feel about it, and uh, we might agree we might not, it's better if we don't agree though so, this is our third year doing it, right? third year,
0: and I'm I'm 2-0, and oh. Lies. So, lies so this is kind of lies i'm giving you another shot oh, you're giving me another shot another shot okay title. all right hey thank
1: you you're welcome <laughs> okay first one <laughs> russell wilson will never win an MVP with the broncos true he will never
0: win an MVP.
1: why is that more
0: uh, it, it just for him to, and we're gonna find out this year because Hi. i i think pete's right the Russell's a fantastic quarterback in the right situation and the right setup. And to win MVPs, he's never got an MVP vote. And he's had some pretty good years. You got to throw it. You got to be one of the leading passers in the league. And I just don't see that being a a recipe for success for him. And so now not only do you got to be one of the leading passers, you also got to win. And I think for him to be a leading passer, that means they're coming from behind and they're not winning. I'm
1: going to say no. All right, but here's the thing. Russell Wilson went to the Denver Broncos. Why? Because he's going to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. He wants to get to the line of scrimmage. Check out of this run on third and one and throw a bomb down the field. He's got receivers. He's got Cortland Sutton over there. He's got Jared Judy over there. He's got a good run game. It's all set up for Russell Wilson to get an MVP. His chances to get an MVP will be greater with the Broncos than it's ever been with the Seahawks. But you know what? He ain't going to get no MVP,
0: though. Well, it partly is. Are you telling me their receivers are better than ours?
1: Not saying that. I'm saying that he has control of the offense. He can. He's controlling his legacy run. He has a partnership with the offensive coordinator. He's, that's not his coach. That's that his was, partner. That
0: was a rhetorical question, by the way. Well, they are not it. better wide receivers, <laughs> and we just took his leading receiver receptions from him and Noah Fant. And so now I think he's got a rookie tight end. I actually can't remember exactly all their tight ends. Got a good running game. So if you got a good running game, it uh, takes away throws from him. They got a good defense. I just don't see it.
1: No, I don't see it either. But I think he's going to set himself up to have that type of success.
0: All right. So my turn? Your turn. All right. The The Seahawks will finish higher, and the NFC West and the Broncos will in the a- AFC West.
1: All right, so let's talk about the NFC West. You got Matthew Stafford, who's not having a great start 10, to his season. A he's, got a, he's got he's got an elbow situation going on, so he might not even play every game. You got Trey Lance over here, not a rookie, but this is, a, this is his first go at being. He's about as old the, as the a rookie. starting <laughs> starting quarterback. Then you got Kyler Murray, a guy who flashes have good games, inconsistent. So now we go over to the AFC West. You got Derek Carr. You got Pat Mahomes. You got Russell Wilson. You got, you got Justin Herbert. Herbert. You know what? What was the question again? The Seahawks will finish higher. I'm going to say, yes, they will finish higher than the Broncos in their division.
0: A week ago, it would have been maybe a tie for me. Um, but watching the Rams tonight, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. But they look bad. I mean, they got beat down today. 31-10 to 10 at home. Wasn't even close. And I think all the reasons you just put out there, I think the AFC West might be stronger than the NFC West.
1: For sure. I I, I I mean,
0: they got younger quarterbacks. Uh, I say younger. I mean, they've got young, developed, proven quarterbacks. We have some good ones, but he just met Stafford with the elbow. He looked bad today. He got cupped, but they're missing some wide receivers. And, again, I'm not completely sold on Arizona. Uh, They're dangerous. They're one of those that, God, one year they're going to be you know, 14 and three in the next year, they're going to be you know seven and seven. Um, so I'm not sold on them. I think San Francisco, that's a big question mark, just like the Seahawks for. Uh, at quarterback. So I'm, I'm going Seahawks will be higher than the Broncos. We're going to find out a bit Monday.
1: Also, Kyler Murray doesn't have D Hop for what, eight weeks or something yep. like that?
0: So, I think six.
1: And, and guess what? You know what the NFL, how they're so good at scheduling? Yeah. I think Hopkins is coming back against the Houston Texans, I want to say.
0: I thought you were going to say against the Seattle Seahawks. Like, <laughs> ah, oh, that's no good.
1: All right, my question for you Jamal Adams returns to being an all pro player.
0: He is so dynamic. And we saw a bit of that two years ago. And I certainly if you watched him when he was at the Jets, I mean, his his first step is explosive and his his nose for the football is unbelievable. We just didn't use him right last year. I always said he's not that he's a bad cover two safety. He can play it. He's fine. But he's so gifted around the line of scrimmage and he's disruptive and when offensive Coordinators and quarterbacks and offensive line are pointing at your safety because they got to change protection. Yeah, I mean that's just that's a that's a that's that's big for for the Seahawks. So I think they're going to use him properly. So I think the statistics are going to show him going back to the pro. All pro. Well, all pro. I do. I think he is so dynamic. I really don't know if he's going to get five interceptions, but he's going to be disruptive in the game. He's a guy that other teams, when they watch the film, go, oh, that's a problem. We have to account for him.
1: All right. I think that he has the potential to be an all-pro player. But I think that because he's so unique in what he does at his position— that he might be overlooked. They're gonna be like, what is he? Is he an outside backer? Is he is he a safety? Like, how how are they using this guy? So I think his stats are gonna say, look, I'm an all-pro guy. I'm a pro bowl guy. But I think that around the league, they're gonna look at him and be like, I don't know, I don't know where to categorize him.
0: All right, Buddha Baker. Buddha. What is he? I mean, Buddha, they they move him all over the place yeah um he, he can play some deep middle and stuff and but for the most part you see him coming off the edge i mean he's in the run game he's explosive too so yeah i mean look he's got to have the statistics i mean it's a popularity contest to a, to a point so he's he's got to come in sacks he's got to get a few interceptions and we need to have success on defense is that am I the last one you this one's kind of already written <laughs> the Rams, 22-2022 season, will end with an early playoff exit. And I'm going to let you go first.
1: Well, that's how this works, Moore. You yeah. ask the question and I then know. I go. I'm still so So thanks for – You're welcome. You know, he's so kind, isn't this guy? This I guy do this Morris. with my kids. So kind. <laughs> you know what? Well, yes, they gone. They gone. The Rams will – first round, they're out of there. I'm just going to say it. Just because it's so hard to repeat and have the season that they had. Right, it's so hard. The last time we saw a team go back-to-back was back in the mid-2000s with the New England Patriots. And we all know what was going on over there, right? They were stacked. They got a system that works. They changed the game a little bit. With the Rams... Going off of what you said earlier, how when they won the Super Bowl, there wasn't a lot of passion behind it. Like, this is a manufactured team. This isn't a team that has guys on this squad that had three or four years of getting their you-know-what kick, of just grinding through the summertime. It's almost like they expect things to happen, and once you start expecting things to happen, they don't. You got to keep the passion and the hunger, so I'm going to say they're out early.
0: Yeah, I think one of their big challenges, I'm not sure tonight was – Was it a reflection that, well, maybe the Rams aren't that good, or wow, Buffalo's really good. Yeah, Uh, I think Buffalo's really good on both sides of the ball. I think the challenge for the Rams is because their salary cap issue is, is such an issue, they just don't have depth. You go to a Super Bowl, it's history it suggests that you're going to have some injuries. And I, I go back to the Seahawks. 2013, man, we had massive depth. We were the best team in the NFL. 2014, once the injury bug hit and we got into the Super Bowl, we didn't have the depth we had in, in years past. So when Jeremy Lane went down, we really didn't have anybody to go and replace him. And we ended up losing that Super Bowl. Probably should have won it. But that's another story. Um, I think they're going to – they. it's depth. And they've got a tough schedule. They got to play the ASC West as well, and they got to play all the teams that won last year. They got a first place schedule. I don't know if they make the playoffs after mm, watching tonight. Okay. And again, it could be a reflection more on Buffalo being that good. But I look, they they did not look good.
1: All right. Well, we will find out. Let's talk that talk. I think we agreed on everything, so that's it was fun. But next time. I'm going to say I don't disagree, just disagree with you, Paul.
0: Well, I think you're just trying to, you, right now, you're just trying to get to the first couple of rounds. You know, you just, you just don't want it to, to be, you know, a 10 8. I want to keep it competitive. You don't want
1: a 10-8. I want to keep it competitive so right. I don't just knock you out the box it's, early. It's too I, early in the season. All right, I get it's you. too early. All right, we got one more segment. We'll put a bow on this thing. The show recap and the final thoughts from me, Michael Bumpus, my guy, Paul Murray. That's next on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to
1: Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bomas with Paul Moyer, presented by the Bellevue Collection. We'll be here every Thursday, 7 o'clock, at the Bellevue Square center court Hey, I remind you guys come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square center court and we'll have a chance for you to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collection Dining Dixers they're giving away cards to the sweet restaurant and lounge in Fago de Chao Fago de Chao
0: oh yeah well yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't say it that way but it's really good food how do you say it Paul uh, I just you bring it's bring right my there. bring my food. I don't. I can't <laughs> say. I just know what it is. You just know and, what it is. Well, and it's really cool because they bring you other know, the big sticks of meat and they just <laughs> you know put them on your plate right there and it's it's awesome.
1: Oh man, You know what's awesome? We got football coming up on Monday. Yeah. All right, Seahawks versus the Broncos. This is the most anticipated game of the year by far i mean you had the bills and the Rams tonight all right good game i mentioned the panthers and the uh the browns all right good game but the nfl knows what they're doing when it comes to scheduling games and they said oh yeah russell you want out okay where'd you go all right let's set that up and make it a prime time game and uh, i'm looking i'm I'm looking forward to because there's so much unknown it's like what's russell wilson gonna look like you know, he, he's, this is his offense. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do. What's Geno going to look like? People are, are doubting Gino. You know, oh, he's not, he's not Russell. He don't need to be Russell. There's talent around him. So I'm just interested how this whole thing plays out and which side of the ball leads the charge coming out the gate.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of simple. I mean, we just have to do what we're expected to do really well. You know, so we we have to be able to run the football exceptional. We can't put ourselves in tough situations. I mean, it's always a turnover game, so that we got to win that battle. And then defensively, I'm just really curious. I I think we can shut Russell down a bit.
1: Um, what does that mean?
0: Uh, just not give up the big play. Make him do something he doesn't want to do. Now at the same time, look, this is like. A girlfriend who broke up with you, and you go, God, she better be dating an ugly dude, right? I mean, it, he better—he better not be better looking than me. And I just don't want it to look better than it's looked in the past. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's—I think we shut him down. But I, when I'm nervous, because we're playing a three-four defense, we got to be really good against the run because they do have a good running game. I don't think it's better than ours, you know. At least last year, uh, so those are the big ones. Uh, we got so many weapons offensively, as you mentioned with Gino. I just take what they give you. You know, you got Noah Fant. We got we talked about Cody Bar- Kobe Bark Parkinson. Um, you know, we've we obviously D, D, DK and, and Tyler, and don't forget the running backs. I mean, there's so many weapons for him to use, and I think our offensive line is going to be pretty good. But we. We can't put this on our quarterback. We Every other guy on this team has to play his best football. And I don't know what to expect. I don't know how good Denver's going to be. I don't know how good we're going to be. But I'm excited to see what we do.
1: This is why we don't know how good Denver's going to be. We didn't see Russell out there no. not one time during the preseason, which was uh, interesting to me because I thought that he would want to get out there and play with these guys during a live situation and then defensively for the Seahawks we didn't see all the dogs out there no. we didn't see Quandre we didn't see Jamal we didn't see, we didn't see Jordan at all we saw Cody a little bit uh, we saw Chen a little bit but the guys that you were talking about up the middle uh, we didn't see a lot of those guys so and then one of the concerns with the Seahawks was their tackling right and then I had to remind people like all right, well, this is a preseason game. Lots of twos and threes out there. The guys that you're going to rely on to make these tackles haven't been getting a lot of these reps. So let's wait and see what happens. But that's the beauty of week one, especially in this situation. You got former Broncos over here with the Seahawks now and Noah Fenn and, and Shelby Harris and Drew Locke. We're probably not going to see. And then you have the greatest quarterback the Hawks have ever seen um, with the Broncos. So there's just... It's just chaos, right? Pre-game chaos. I'm interested to see if the crowd, how loud they boo or cheer for Russell Wilson. Does Russell even acknowledge the crowd? You know what I mean? Like there's little things within the game that I want to see play out.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it would be fun. And you're right about the tackling. Uh, I remember going to a Laker game when I was a kid. And I was watching the Lakers and the, and the other team in warm-ups. My dad goes, who do you think's going to win? And I'm watching the Lakers, and they're just bricking everything, you know, just warm-ups. I go, back, I go the other team, Dad, there's no way. I mean, we can't make a shot. He goes, son, all the starters are just sitting behind right now. The backups are throwing. And they, they're not – you're right, they're not making them. And that's kind of like preseason. I yeah. mean, it was who were the guys that were missing tackles. And, you know, one of them was Marquise Blair, and he's not here anymore. So yeah. the Seahawks aren't messing around. Um, I, again, I, we have talent. I just – can we bring it together, the, that opener? Denver's in the same boat. I mean, they got—they don't know what to expect. They, they have higher expectations because of Russell Wilson. But I think we know his kryptonite, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we know his Achilles heel. And I think you've got to force him to do things that he's uncomfortable with, and that's dink and dunk. And I think we're going to be able to get some pressure on him because I, I think we got some dogs that can get after him.
1: Clint Hurt, first official game as a defensive coordinator he got his beak wet a little bit you know with the preseason uh but nothing like calling the game where it really matters right defensively during a preseason game you can get beat and his coach you might be like okay this is what we're gonna do we're gonna fix that now you get beat defensively on monday night football man that headset might want to come off you might want to slam it down you know i'm I'm interested to see how he conducts himself and adjusts throughout a football game
0: i i think he's going to be fine he he's he's confident in himself and Knows what he wants. I didn't know he – I knew he was a good – I just didn't know he knew as much about pass defense and his philosophy along the way. Um, I, I'm going to throw an unsung hero in this game. I, I think has a chance to be really interesting for us. When we get in third down and passing situations, we're going to have some edge rushers. We know one of them is going to be Daryl Taylor. Uh, you will know, be a couple other guys you know, along the way. We'll see if uh, a boy, uh, is actually gets some playing time too. But you put the two inside guys – Give me Puna Ford mm. and put me Miles Adams.
1: Yes. Miles
0: Adams is my unsung hero. I like he, that. He had the best preseason of anybody, by to me, a long shot, both in the run game. But, man, he's got some wiggle in the pass game. Yeah. And so that's something we've kind of missed is that up-the-middle pressure. And so now we got some dogs coming from the outside. I'm going to use dogs a bunch because oh. we have them. I mean, you can't, we're not even talking about Jamal Adams yet. We're not even talking about Brooks. Jordan, man. Jordan can play. Um, so I, I, I'm excited to see what we do defensively.
1: Me too, and I'm excited, man. That was the first episode of Hawks Live Week 1. My guy, Paul Meyer. Special thanks to Kobe Parkinson, Charles Cross, and Kyle Newman for joining the show. Our on-board operator, Brady Robic. our executive producer, is Nassi Choby. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Monday night starting at 2 p.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bones with Paul Meyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.